0: Good, how are you? Good, mm-hmm. good to see you, man. Thank you. I'm gonna try to switch my uh microphone to the uh other one, see if that helps. All right, does it sound better? Yes. Yeah, all right, now I'm not getting audio, so I might need to plug into uh, the headphones jack of that guy. Pick one, too.
1: Can
0: you hear us? All right, now I hear you. So how's it going? Going good. I like your shirt. Uh, Thanks. I'm a part of, it's actually the first time I've ever been a part of like a fan club. (laughs) 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 And uh, it's one of my favorite artists, uh, Kulter Wall. And so it's the Folk Singers Union is the fan club for Kulter Wall. Oh, Oh, that's
2: cool. I'll have to check them out. Yeah.
1: It's a, cool, it's yeah, a very he's... Mark Menezes shirt. Uh, what's it's, that? It's,
2: oh, it's yeah, a very style.
1: Mark Menezes style shirt, yeah.
2: It's it cool. fits, yeah. Real simple approach. Yep. Black, just simple.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, thanks we for... have
0: a lot of similarities in taste. Yeah.
2: Yes, true. But thanks for jo- jumping on in the very first episode. Couldn't think of a better <laughs> guess. <laughs> <laughs>
3: thanks,
2: man. I know, we, I know we've obviously facebook's been great we've been able to chat through there um but gosh it was what 98 99 the last time we saw each other in person
0: i know that's crazy yeah last time i remember the actual last time i saw you was yeah. um when you lived across from bible college yeah and we we played that night and I, after the show we went by to see you
2: yep i remember that that it's, was a that was a great show too
0: it was like late at night and your babies were sleeping. Yeah. And we're all like whispering. <laughs>
2: you guys that was one side, right? The band? Yeah, that was
0: one side. We played in the cafe that night.
2: Yeah, you guys put had like the best stage presence of like I could put you up there with any band I've ever seen. It's always so entertaining. We,
0: that was our our big um really our big thing was how entertaining can we get like yeah. with our show. You know, so at the drive in was one of our huge inspirations because they would put on an amazing show as well. Yeah. And so Ricky was just nuts with his long hair and his wireless face spinning in circles.
2: Yeah. I remember he he drank a bunch of water right before you guys started and then he held it in his mouth and he held it in there for probably like 30, 45 seconds as you guys were jumping into the first song. And then yep. he like spins around and spits it out as he's spinning <laughs> flying everywhere.
0: <laughs> it was funny to think of how many looking back at how many churches I've spit water in. <laughs> <laughs> Seems pretty uh yeah. pretty bad now thinking about it.
2: I think you can put oh, that, that on your uh, your LinkedIn as a skill set. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Spitting on altars nationwide. Yeah.
2: <laughs> i'll I'll definitely (laughs) i'll definitely confirm that one
0: yeah well cool yeah we did that
3: quite a bit
2: definitely want to just kind of talk through you know your musical journey and 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 obviously where you're at now and what you're doing now but kind of go back to how it how it started how music first started for you and you know what that process has looked for uh, look like for you especially in songwriting because you're just you're such a great songwriter um able to just you know tell a great story we're super thankful obviously using a couple of your songs in our in our vlogs they just fit so perfect and just so much emotion behind it and just so real and genuine Um, but I just right now and then we'll go back but right now just kinda catch us up to where you are now with your music and the label you're on and what that looks like
0: yeah so um, after taking really a eight-year hiatus from songwriting and doing music I also felt like I was just having a major songwriter's block and focusing on a family. Um, but the last really three years have been solid. Uh, and I went to a, um, a worship school that really focused on songwriting. And so that's what got me back into it. Inspired, really inspired me to get back into songwriting. Um, and also it was a lot of confirmation during that time, you know, cause when you, you can be your biggest critic and hard on yourself. And so when I write music, it doesn't always uh, feel like it's finished or uh, even something somebody would want to listen to. So to be able to go to a school and my very first songwriting task or session, I had a Grammy award-winning songwriter come in and say, you don't need my help. You know, (laughs) that it just was mind-blowing and just very encouraging. So I think it really sparked, uh, something within me that I knew I loved doing, but I just put off because I was such a critic of myself. Mm. And so, um, hearing those words, um, you know, not just from him, but for, from a few others too, that were just amazing songwriters that I looked up to. And so to hear those words just really set me on a trajectory to start writing again.
2: Yeah.
0: And, uh you know, I had run a forum online, of a bunch of, uh, you know, songwriters, worship leaders, uh, people who were, you know, in the more of the Christian based, um, worship world, I guess. But I met a guy in there who wrote music similar to what I do. And I'm like, man, I really love what you do. We became fast friends. And he, uh, was looking for some shows to do. So I invited him out to Minnesota when I lived there. And, uh, that this guy is really what started me off with, uh, getting back into playing and doing shows again. So I invited him out and I said, you know what, if, if I'm going to have you out, I think I might like open the show for you. And he's like, no, man, you're headlining. You know, this is your, <laughs> this is your place, your territory. And so I ended up headlining and it was great. We had like three, almost 400 people there. Wow. And, um, uh, it was the first time I played in eight years in front of people doing my own music. Oh wow! did not really so, have been that long. Yeah, I I really put it put it off for a long time and was focusing more so on my career and my family, and so and we can speak more into the family stuff a little bit. But um, yeah, so that having him come out do that concert and then he filmed a portion of it and sent it to um, his producer. His name's Chris Hoisington, and uh, he's out of uh, Batavia, New York. And he's also um, kind of one of the the brothers of Brothers McClurg. They're uh, pretty well-known artists that were signed to Integrity back in the day, but they're out in Buffalo, New York. So him and his brother, Chris Hoisington and um, Anthony Hoisington, are the kind of the owners of Old Bear Records. And so when they caught wind of a song that I did. It's called, I want Jesus to walk with me. It's an old, uh, song from the 1800s that I had wrote music to reworked it, wrote a, a chorus, um, and a bridge and just kind of made it my own. When he heard that, they were like, dude, we want to get you out to the studio. So he called me, uh, and said, they'd love to get me out to the studio to record and just to see what I thought of the, the studio and the process and him as a producer. And, uh, it was super cool. Like the vibe there Mm -hmm. is like no other, it's this old, like 1800s building, which fit the song (laughs) because it's an old song, old vibe overlooking this like massive, beautiful cemetery. And so it was just a really interesting vibe. And then, so we had driven uh, from Minnesota to there. It was about 17 hours, uh, just a really beautiful drive. Everything about it just felt so like, just good, and yeah. so after recording the song, they were like, "Dude, we really loved recording with you, and we uh, really loved the song." And offered me a recording contract with them. Yeah, and so uh, we, were, you know, a little nervous because I didn't want to be tied down to something, and didn't know what that entirely meant to are uh, meant to be a part of a label. You Know one side, my old band back in the day was signed to an independent label as well, yeah, so that one really went nowhere.
2: Yeah, and wasn't that Hazmat the, Records? Yeah, it was yeah. Hazmat
0: Records, and we lost a lot of you know, we lost all of our CDs that we didn't sell. I don't even know where they went. Wow, I would love to have them now, and I think they would actually sell again if yeah, you yeah. know, if I did have them. So it, it was really a waste, and so it was. Unfortunate. So I had a little bit of worries going into being part of a label again and what that meant. But Opé Records is really, um, it's more of a community of artists yeah. and um, we all almost are employees for the label too. So we support each other. We're always, uh, you know, doing shout outs for each other yeah. and, and promoting one another. It really is. It's, it's like community over competition is our hashtag, you know. So I love that. always doing the best we can to help each other out, we're getting each other shows at at our churches or places we've played, recommending um, our, our fellow artists to other venues, and and so that it's just it was really ideal. And uh, we own the rights to our music. Um, there's there's some ownership on their side, but it's more so. Um, you know just an agreement saying hey we're not going to do you wrong right you know so um it's really a brotherhood and so i can't think of a a better label to to be a part of
2: it's It's super obvious i mean because we reconnected through facebook before that happened we hadn't i think the years have gone by we haven't connected we reconnected um so it's been cool to watch the progression of facebook and i followed some of the other bands on there and it's it's so obvious that it's just it's a community of, of friends and people you know working together that's it's right it's i, I could think of a better fit it's obviously a perfect fit for you and the music you're doing
0: cool yeah. i'm glad that it's a it's noticeable that you know that community aspect and just uh, it is great great label um, i recorded my first record Pretty quickly after that single, so mm-hmm. I recorded that in May, and came back in September and recorded the full-length album called *Less Traveled Road*. Yeah, and that released in that uh, 2018. And so that was mostly songs that I had written while I was in college, doing that songwriting, um, 10,000 Fathers, uh, worship school, mm-hmm. and uh, I was really finding my my voice during that time i've always loved folk music really since i moved to the midwest is where i was like man i just love folk music there's such yeah. a storytelling vibe to it an honesty and uh, you get a real sense of just a, a purity of you know who the artist is And uh, so i wanted to stick with that i didn't want to write cliche you know congregational corporate songs for other people <laughs> i wanted to write songs that told my story and if somebody can relate to it along the way, that's a win for me.
2: Yeah. So when did, um for you, so we late 90s, we were working together at up and Running Springs, um, working with the youth group up there. And you had just graduated, right? I think you had just graduated like before. Yeah.
0: That was some weird years, actually. Um, so, because I dropped out of school in 10th grade. And then I was probably during that time, because 99 is when I actually Graduate. Okay. So, uh, but that was from like an adult education program, and uh, that was working through high school credits to actually get a diploma. Yeah. And uh, so, because I had a pretty rebellious early, you know, high school, junior high time where I didn't care about anything, just loved punk rock music and wanted to snowboard and skateboard every single day. And I had a few friends along the way that were homeschooled and their parents were like fully supportive of their hobbies. And uh, my mom was just, you know, she's like, you got to go to school, you know, (laughs) you can't can't do that. (laughs) She definitely didn't want to homeschool me. So I decided by 10th grade, I had enough and I was like, I'm going snowboarding. And uh, so I just didn't go back. I just kept going snowboarding every single day. and. thought that that, you know, originally I thought that's what my profession
3: would end up being, was, yeah. was snowboarding. So, uh, but music
0: along that same time was so passionate and uh, so into it. Yeah. So
2: so when did it, when did it start? Because I know you played with your brother as well. You guys had a band and I mean, I remember seeing pictures that you guys were like barely old enough to walk, holding instruments. And, yeah. So how, how did yeah. it start?
0: You know, uh, growing up, I remember getting a few records, actual vinyl records. One of them was Michael Jackson thriller. Hmm. Um, I think that other one was like Boston <laughs> yeah. total opposites, Yeah. but we had those in the living room of my house. I was probably seven years old. And I remember just going, the vibe that I got from it, from music in general was always so like, it took me to another place cause we were pretty poor. Uh, we had a pretty rough upbringing. My mom had me at 16 years old. And so we lived with my grandmother for a while. Um, we are definitely on welfare and getting by it by, you know, borrowing and, and begging for rides places. And I just remember all that growing up. Uh, I remember our very first car she got was like a Ford Pinto, <laughs> or whatever they are, classic the red interior. And we had blast 80s music, you know. And uh, so I, I still have a really strong connection to a lot of the 80s. Music. I think I just released like a playlist the other day of like all my old favorites. Yeah. But yeah, during that time is where I really sensed and felt a love for music. Um, And so my brothers and I would always get together. We'd play band, you know, (laughs) where we would set up like an actual stage. And I had a Casio keyboard guitar.
2: And,
0: And so I didn't know anything, I didn't have anybody in my family that could teach me. But I had a friend along the way. I got my first electric guitar at twelve. I had a friend show me a power chord once. You know, the one chord you need to write punk rock music.
3: <laughs> Use this right here. <laughs> yeah,
0: he said, "Here's all you need, man. Go up and down the neck." And I was like, "All right." So I got that chord down, and I wasn't good enough to figure out other people's music, so I just started writing. Uh, my own songs and they were simple you know just straight up just you know straight down strumming and writing songs about girls and you know skaters and jocks and, <laughs> and all the high school <laughs> drama stuff
2: yeah who were some of you during that time who were some of your biggest influences
0: oh man so i think you know ninth grade is really where i was introduced to You know, obviously Green Day was there. That was the more commercial side of punk rock. But then I had a friend who showed me Guttermouth and Dead Kennedys, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is real! This (laughs) is like (laughs) this is real punk rock." So that, and I've always had a a passion for finding new music Mm. and being the guy that knew about an artist that somebody else didn't, and being able to say, "Hey, have you heard of this guy?" You know, and so that's always been a real passion for me. Is is finding the new artist or the who's, who's maybe somebody hasn't heard of. So, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, it's from there just hundreds and hundreds of punk rock artists from there that I was really influenced by. And, uh, so we started off more, I was in a band called the milk crates, uh, with a couple of my friends. I was my very first band. Um, we practiced in an old shed and, uh, I, we did one cover song, the Beatles, um, a song, what was it?
4: I forget. But I think it was, a, yeah. yeah. Close your eyes and I'll kiss you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did it all from rock style.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's
2: awesome.
0: But, um, and then not soon after, uh, that's when James got a bass, my brother, and, uh, he was jamming with this guy, uh, Mike Fulme, and, they were just by themselves, just rocking out. And I was like, dude, it's kind of fun, you know? And uh, I like the style that they were coming up with. It was a little more dirty, a little more just straight-up punk rock music. Yeah. So the other guys I was playing with were more talented, and so they were, like, playing blues stuff, and I'm over here with my parkour <laughs> just doing, like, I don't know really what to do. It. <laughs> it's
2: the best way to learn, though.
0: Yeah, so yeah. I digressed, and uh, my musicians, like, I went from playing with pretty good musicians to, to my brother and this other guy who just were like, <laughs> <laughs> just pounding
3: it out. So,
4: yeah. Was so James we to, younger
2: than you?
0: Yeah, James yeah. is a couple, years, a couple younger,
2: years younger. I'm yeah. the oldest.
0: Oldest of a, my mom had two or three kids, and I have another brother from my dad. Yeah. But yeah, we have, we have different dads, me and James, but grew up together. He's a. He's a phenomenal musician that kid, man. He's, you know plays guitar way better than me, uh, plays bass like nobody's business. And so, yeah, he's incredible. And he got really, really, really good along our years of, of doing music together.
2: So from so. you, from the beginning, with once you start playing with bands, it seems like writing songs was just something you stepped right into. Were you, were you pretty yeah. much the different bands you played in always writing most of the music?
0: Yeah, it, it was kind of like that was my thing, um, mostly because I didn't wasn't good enough to figure out other people's music, and I felt like I had something to say. I, I love the creativity of writing my own music, yeah. and telling the story of who and where I was in life, and so yeah. um, that came natural. And it always, I have that uh, leadership kind of mentality too, to where every band that I've ever been a part of, I was automatically almost a leader.
2: Um, yeah, well I remember when we met up in Running Springs, that's obviously a small community and, and uh, everybody seemed to look to you for, whether it was music or whatever, it was skating or whatever it was, You, like you said, it was just a natural thing, everyone sure. looked at what's Ryan doing right
3: now. <laughs> <he up> <laughs>
0: it's also because I was always a few years older than all my friends too. Yeah. You know, uh, I seem to gravitate maybe because it was like, I i don't know, I don't know if it's because of dropping out of school or what, but I tend to hang out with people that were my brother's age, and so uh, it's kind of that the papa bear yeah although i was as skinny as ever back then
2: (laughs) we all were (laughs) the the uh i'm always curious to hear about kind of the writing process for people because everyone is a little bit different is it like what is your process like are you starting with the melody or lyrics or and has that changed like if what you started doing back in the day have you just evolved from that or did it change at any point
0: yeah it's I think it's developed to more of a structured system now, but um, back then it was mostly starting out with. um, It's always different. You can be playing, all of a sudden, you come up with a guitar riff, and you're like, "Now I got to write a song around this," and then from there, um, you start writing a a lyric that would match the 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 style of the music, if you will, and so. uh, what the word for that is? I learned that in college, but it's where everything's working together. Yeah. So I take that into account definitely now more than ever, and um, so, but a lot of times I would say it starts with writing lyrics, and then writing music around the lyric uh, that fits. The, you know what what's the song saying? Is it a sad song? Is it an angry song? Is it, you know, just a song of comfort? We want that work to work together.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, there's a lot of times where I'm mostly just playing my guitar and I'll come up with a a progression or something that just needs, needs to be carried out and uh, put into a song. So, and then, uh, I think, you know, now more so than ever, I've been doing uh, some co-writing with others. I always had a protective, uh, I didn't want to write with others because I wanted to like have the full credit. Like, I was worried, like,
3: you know, there was going to be some kind of like I don't know, battle in the future <laughs> over who <gets> all the, <laughs>
0: the credit. Yeah. So, just lame, immature stuff like that that I've grown more mature and understanding now and uh, also letting go. Um, yeah. Being a little bit more humble about it and uh, knowing that. There's others out there that are better than you, <laughs> yeah. And so that's been a huge, uh, humbling and uh, renewing experience for me as a songwriter. So I write a lot with uh, Anthony Boisington um, from Brothers McClure. He's also the, the main dude of Old Bear Records. So okay. Um, so him and I write together almost once a week. So we've written three songs in the last month that equal. Uh, cool. Worked out, so yeah. I'm already on the trajectory of the next album. Nice. So we'll see. I'm Thinking about every few years, do a new album.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: With yeah, One so. Side, when when I left California, early 2000, 2001, I think you guys were still together, right? What yeah. what ended up happening with One Side?
0: So One Side, that band, you know, that was an interesting story. So I started playing with One Side because Duncan, their guitarist, broke his arm snowboarding. And they had a show with, uh, like slick shoes and plank Eye Yeah, at the showcase theater in Corona. I was obsessed and they with did not... back
2: then. Yeah. I
0: remember. <laughs> plank Eye relocation. That album is so good.
2: It's great. Um,
0: but yeah, so they were like, dude, can you fill in for Duncan? We can't miss the show. And, uh, so that's when I started playing with them. I played that show and I was like, dude, I love playing with you guys. Like they were just so much fun to be around. And, uh, so that band looked a little bit different than most of my other bands because they were already a band, and then here, here I come, and uh, and I remember Duncan was like all nervous. He's like, "Are he they gonna kick me out?" You know, <laughs> and, and he even kind of mad at me, like it's like almost like stepping on his toes. Yeah, you
2: know, he's such a good though. dude.
0: But yeah, he was a great dude, and I promised him. I'm like, "Dude, I am not gonna steal like this band from you. This is your band." Uh, you know, I was. I want to be a part of this with you guys. Yeah. So, And at that time, my brother was kind of uh, drifting away. And, you know, I kind of had his own group of friends. And so uh, we had disbanded our band, You and I, is what it was called. And so I joined up with the guys on one side. And we were together for quite a few years, uh, probably like three or four years, I would say.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and, uh, and it developed to where. I took on that leadership role in a lot of ways, uh, did a lot of the songwriting, along with Ricky. Uh, Ricky Bender was the other yeah. we had two vocalists in that band, so we'd yeah. swap parts and write together a lot, or we'd write a song and just bring it to the band and be like, all right, here's a song we got. And, uh,
2: yeah, that was such a good band. time. R- Ricky, was, yeah. R- Ricky and Brandon, they're all just good guys.
0: Yeah. And that, you know, like we talked about before we got started here, that band was so focused on like our stage show, uh, how we can just really like draw in a, a crowd, and, yeah. uh, put on the best show ever. So we were influenced by a lot of just the crazy bands like at the drive in. Uh,
2: well, music was kind of going through a transition at that time with Pong to Emo. And you yeah. guys, you guys were kind of in the midst of that, man.
0: We were. Yeah. We were right on that the cusp of, uh, you know, the get up kids and, uh, you know, Elliot and all these, these emo bands that were coming out. I still and listen so to that Elliot what, album. So good. I know it is. So False false cathedral. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. So that was, um, we were kind of right around that, uh, still a little bit in the punk rock, you know, the get up kids were a good band that kind of balanced balance between the two. So that was a big influence for us during that time. Also, like face to face, and uh, you know, they were a band that had a little bit more melodic yeah. style to them, so that was a big influence for us. And then Scott Soledad from Plank Eye, he started fan mail. I don't remember.
2: I remember Th- that album came out right right in the midst of that time, when we were hanging out.
0: Yeah, so that that album was so influential on us during our kind of our transition time into yep. the more indie um, emo sound. And so, um, but those guys were all in Bible college at that time. And so, you, you know, your question
2: was, yeah. what happened? Uh, they all decided that they wanted to study abroad and go
3: to, um, you know, I think Brandon went to uh, England or
0: something. And a few others went to oh, Australia. Really? Wow. And, and so everybody went and studied abroad and we we're like, I was kind of waiting for them to get back so we can get back to playing. Yeah. And uh, it just faded away at that point. There was, there was no more getting together, because they were gone for six months, so I started playing with uh, another band and uh, a group of guys from the high desert, and so we started a band called Record Player Radio, and that was was probably, I would say, my favorite band I've ever been in, just because it was, I mean, there was so much talent there. My brother James joined up in that band as well, and played electric guitar, and uh, so just very, very, it's um, like Cohe and Cambria influence yeah. uh, thrice. It, it was heavy, um, kind of indie slash post hardcore, I guess, <laughs> with a lot of melodic influence like Alkaline Trio. And um, so, yeah, it, it was just a really fun band. We toured as much as we could, and we had an old beat up motorhome. We'd all ride in together and tow a trailer. So there's just so many good memories of touring up and down California, the coast, Modesto, and kind of up in that region. So it was a lot of fun. And I played in that band for, uh, that was probably my longest band, about five years or so. Oh, wow. I left the band twice uh, after each kid uh, I had during that time. <laughs> I would quit. And then I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, sorry, honey, I got to go back to playing in a band. <laughs> this is just not me. <laughs> so I went a little stir crazy not being in a band.
2: Were you still in uh, Running Springs when you guys met?
0: Um, me and my wife? Yeah. Yeah, I was living, actually, so, what was it? Maybe like right before I met you, I lived in the youth house mm-hmm. at this church. So, yeah, I moved home. No, I was living with my uncle, that's right, And an well so I had just gotten dumped by my fiancé that I was engaged to, and um, I was just moping around, and my brother's like, dude, you got to go meet the new girl at the coffee house down in town. <laughs> and uh, I was like, nah, put it off. And then one of his friends said, if you don't, I will. And like, it's like, yeah, that's gross.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that was the, the coffee house in Running Springs?
0: Yeah, I was like, all right, I'm going to save that girl from this guy going down there. (laughs) And uh, so I went down there, and uh, it was really funny, just the way my wife talks about it and what she thought of me when she saw me. It was like total opposites. You know, like she had never been around a guy like me. Because I had, like, back then, black hair. Like, I colored my hair black, and my hair is, like, it's blonde. Yeah.
3: And
0: so... Yeah, probably so covered half I walk your face. in with my swoop bang yeah. emo hair <laughs> and my jean jack with all the buttons on it, and uh, probably some like really lame sweater. Because back then it was like you know the Weezer era, yeah, lame sweaters. <laughs> and she's like, "You look like that guy from the '70s show or whatever."
2: <laughs> Which one?
0: Yeah, I think it was the. Uh, I don't know. Whoever had the mushroom hair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I met her at that little coffee house. And, uh, and she, was know, took, to,
2: yeah, she was from Minnesota?
0: Yeah, she was from Minnesota. Her dad lived in Running Springs though. Okay. And, uh, yeah, her uh, her dad and mom, course, when she was like seven, he moved west of California and started a business. And so she was out, uh, just finished her, her teaching degree. Cato State University in Minnesota. So she came out to California to become a teacher, and so when I met her and heard about that, and she also drove a brand new black Jetta, Volkswagen Jetta. <laughs> it's like you know, most of the girls that I ever went out with were driving like beat up Subarus and
2: yeah, old <laughs> hand me down.
0: Yeah, just yeah. and so to see her was like it felt super like, like she was successful, had like a plan and a vision for her life. And it was totally different from what I wanted, you know. It's like, but I really liked it, and it was uh, a intri- something intriguing about it. So it really drew me to to really like her. So within the first week, I was like, I want to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about marriage like right away. So yeah. that was cool. That's cool. and cool. Uh, I remember introducing her to my dad and my stepmom. And, she went, ended up telling them, you know, yeah, he's a keeper. And right then, I was like, all right, we're getting married. So we did. We got married like pretty quick. Engaged six months. I wow. then tattooed her name on me myself. Like, did you no, really? I, I was gonna, you know, along the way, I want to be a tattoo artist. So yeah. I uh, was always tattooing my legs and stuff. And tattooed <laughs> her name on me and showed it to her. I think it freaked her out. A little bit,
3: actually.
0: <laughs> and uh, so we ended up getting married a year later.
2: And then did you, you got married here and then and then moved out after?
0: Yeah, I got married, um, and we lived in the high desert, Hesperia, for five yeah. years. She was teaching there, that's why we ended up there. She okay. had a job in Hesperia, and uh, yeah, about five years, we had two kids, um, and then we moved to Minnesota. We just got sick of the crime. Like, she was teaching in one of the most, like, ghetto school districts. Ever, yeah. I and mean, it was bad. Yeah. She had like thirty six kids in her class, and only ten of the kids would show up for their parent teacher conferences. And yeah, just no care of how these kids are doing in school, and so it was really hard on her to just see that. And she has such a love for these kids, and um, so it was hard on her emotionally. And then our house, like our mail was getting stolen from our mailbox, paintball cars broken into, and so we were just like. We had been in Minnesota a few times for family vacations. I was like, man, if we ever move, I wanna to move to this area. And it was more northern Minnesota, which was pine trees, lakes, very, yeah, you know, the place that you wanna go f- to get away for a weekend. And I told her when we were there for vacation that uh, I wanted to, um, if we ever did move, let's move to that area. And so yeah. she was looking up homes immediately. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Like, so, what
2: year was that when you guys moved to Minnesota? Uh,
0: that was 2007. Okay. There's, between 2006 2007 is when we were making that transition.
2: Is that about when yeah, you that. moved to Seattle?
1: I moved to Seattle in um, 1999. Oh, that's right. Originally, yeah.
2: But then you came back, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I went back to Seattle
2: again. Yeah. And you guys are in near Seattle now, right?
0: Yeah, so we were in Minnesota for 11 years or so and we've been here and it's just north of Olympia. We're in a little town called Shelton. Yep, I
2: know
0: where that is. It's right at the kind of the base of the Olympics along the Hood Canal of the Puget Sound. It's it's a really beautiful area. Um, It is. I
1: love it there.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely fun. It's it's nice because you're about where we're located. We're like an hour and a half from the ocean. About an hour or so from seattle yeah and, uh, so not too far from mount rainier so it's just like a perfect central location for activity and yeah doing as
1: stuff. long as you can handle the rain it's a it's so much rain
0: yeah we got spoiled this year the first year with uh the Best year, like people are just like, like <laughs> this, trust me. People are but like, don't it, get like, used to this, yeah. And then winter hit, and it was the most snow they've ever seen, yeah. Here. Like, we had like close to three feet of snow.
1: Wow, and that's crazy! That
0: was like unheard of here, from what, yeah, a lot of people tell me. And so, that was a kind of a shocker. We're like, once it came with us from Minnesota. I <laughs> feel like we brought <laughs> it, it with, <laughs> yeah. So, we got the blame quite a bit for that, yeah.
1: Have you been <laughs> snowboarding in Washington?
0: Yeah, we've been twice. So we've been to Crystal Mountain and um, uh, Stevens Pass.
1: Very cool.
0: Yeah. So my kids, it's like now if you ask my ten year old what you want to be when he grew up, he'll say pro snowboarder. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's it's a lot more expensive now than when I was a kid. For sure. Yeah. So it's like two hundred dollars for I took two of my boys and myself. Yeah, it's crazy. it's happened in my days you know growing up in the mountains we had hookups or yeah right. you know, or i worked for the snowboard park yeah when i was growing up so uh, i didn't pay for those tickets it was like now it's just ridiculous
1: it's crazy even buying a pass is crazy
0: now oh yeah for like season pass
1: yeah it's nuts
0: yeah yeah so i don't know I don't know if it's a person who brings in his future, but <laughs> power to him. <laughs> I'm hoping they they follow me in music. And that's really our ultimate goal yeah. as, a, as a family, is that we would do some kind of family band. That's awesome. Get an RV and tour. That's yeah. So cool. I would love that. I would definitely love to see them following those.
1: Do your facets. kids play different instruments?
0: Yeah. Um, so I started out with my oldest two, my daughter and my son, uh, and piano. And so yeah. that kind of introduced them to a good foundation, music. yeah. Yeah. And then um, my 10-year-old, he was like seven at the time. I would always hear him like doing like, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's you <know>, like <laughs> always really rhythmic patterns. I'm like, like.
1: You're like, you're the drummer. Drum-
0: I did. I was like, dude, come here. And I sat him down on a drum set and I showed him like. To do that same thing Yeah. hit the snare, and he has just got a natural ability for playing drums, and That's so
1: cool.
0: the three of them have actually played with me. We did a uh, homeschool convention in Minnesota called the Mache Conference, That's and cool. we played in front of fifteen hundred people and did uh, a couple of my songs. And uh, it was really cool because we used to homeschool our kids when we lived in Minnesota, and uh, so. It was very inspiring for a lot of families and yeah you know, so it was really fun for them their very first concert was in front of 1500 people so. <laughs> right
1: usually it's in yeah. front of 15 people
0: yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah, my daughter stuck with piano and uh, my son then went on to playing guitar and he plays bass as well That's so cool. he kind of bounces back and forth between what what is the need and uh, and then my son yeah 10 year old now he's playing drums and he's got quite a few of my songs down, which is really great. That's
1: amazing. Wow.
0: And then I have uh, two more kids, so we have five total. And um, I don't know what they're gonna play. So I'm I'm hoping like I would love for them to like get into like playing fiddle and mandolin you know, more of the organic instruments, yeah. like yeah. acoustical style instruments that we could do stuff that's unplugged pretty easily.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Back in the day, yeah. <clears throat> would you have thought you were going to have five kids?
0: Dude, when I, I met my wife, I was like, when she asked me how many kids, I said two, but in my mind, thinking, I'd be fine with none. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, two or 0 you're
2: like, I'm being yeah. generous with two. <laughs> and you're she like said I,
0: four.
1: Yeah, you're like, I feel like four is the right answer, so I'm going to go with two.
0: <laughs> that's what it was, dude. She said uh, She's like, yeah, she said four. And I was like, yeah, maybe two. And uh, so we did wait after two for a while. Like there's a pretty good gap there. So 13, I don't know, he's maybe 14. It's about four years. Yeah. We waited for having our next. And so and the three was
3: pretty easy. And my wife's like, this without fourth.
0: <laughs> and I could never say no to her. because She's just so <laughs> sweet. And, like, she loves kids and she is a really good mom. So it's easy to say, uh, yes to that yeah it's so, a you know and every kid is so unique Even you yeah. guys know this they all have their own uniqueness to them and, yeah uh, they're such a blessing in their own ways and also they're also hard in many ways <laughs> their own ways too they all have it's their true. own personalities and little things that you got to get to know about them along the way so
1: yeah you just got to let their little freak flag fly whatever,
3: That's whatever right. direction
1: it's blowing
0: <laughs> what are their ages uh, so we got 15. She's going to actually be 16 in July. That's just crazy to me. Wow. Uh, 13 coming up this month. Going on 14. So I'm confusing you. I'm like, everybody's birthday is like <laughs> I know. in this, uh, in this yeah. span right now. Listen, we feel so, your pain. Yeah, so 14 is going to be 10, 6, and 1. Oh. No, 3. 3. <laughs> <One>. So fun. <laughs> yeah, a while ago. talks like a one-year-old poor guy. <laughs> come on, bro.
1: He he has older siblings, or they have older siblings. They don't. Yeah,
0: they don't. They do talk. all the talking for him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah a while so, ago, I gave up trying. When people ask the ages of the kids, I gave up. Oh yeah, do you, you even know it. how old they are now? So I just, I know with I'm usually off within a year, but I just and I I figure if I rattle them off really quickly, so I'm like <laughs> they're like nineteen, eighteen, seventeen, fifteen, and ten, and I'm like going like this with my finger to make sure I hit six of them. <laughs> Make sure I you're hit just, six numbers. Well, with our
1: big kids, because our big kids are five years apart. Like, yeah, you're gonna hit somebody's that age. Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: I just, I just need to know where to start. I was gonna say you Think just need to how know old how old, old Josiah is. is. Yeah. And he's then, twenty now.
1: Yeah, he'll yeah. be twenty-one. He twenty. Yeah. yeah. He'll be twenty-one oh, wow. in October. Not that he's counting, or anything. That's
0: crazy. I remember you bringing him home.
2: Yeah, he was from the hospital. born there in Running Springs. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy.
0: That's been that long.
2: Yeah goes by too fast yeah it does are any of your are any of your kids uh starting to write any music or venture off into that
0: my daughter is really i'd say she's probably the most like like into music like she's always playing the piano always figuring out music uh songs um you know she's she's a really hard worker uh i don't know if she has the natural gift of music uh, but she really works hard yeah and so and i think eventually she'll find her voice and she'll you know find the knack for it it's just and i think anybody really can you just gotta work hard at it yeah. i would say even for me i'm not a naturally gifted musician uh, i think it's just something i loved and stuck with and so uh, i would always fight you know even my voice it naturally, was easy to sing baritone for me or tenor, you know, more deeper voice and I wanted to sound like every, you know, Blink-182 sounding band <laughs> out there. So even when it comes to folk music, I love singers like Willie Watson, these guys that got this like more nasally, like sounding voice, but yeah, I have this baritone voice and, and so I've been finding artists along the way that have that sound and that helps me stay focused and my wheelhouse where i am vocally i'm not this guy who can belt out high notes yeah i try and, and do that but uh, I've, I've learned to adapt into my what i'm gifted in i guess
2: yeah no i mean yeah. it's just such beautiful music your voice is perfect um, thanks man i'm curious so like when I, you're talking about the create the kind of music having musical talent then having the the creativity side you know like where's yeah. the where do you think the because i can imagine there's there can be a musician that is just naturally gifted right and they can hear a song and play it and then but the creative side of that is it's kind of it, it's it's different right so like how, yeah. what how does that look for you and you've played with a ton of musicians different bands do you think that creative side it's just kind of obviously you can develop it and get better at it but it, for you yeah, is, is it something that someone has like you have the creative ability
0: yeah, I'd say that the natural ability, like somebody who can figure out a song just like that, um, and it has an ear for music, I think that's definitely a gifting. Um, but I think the creative side comes with uh, a little bit of work. Yeah. Uh, so what I do is do a lot of like uh, object writing, things that keep my mind sharp and focused. And what object writing is, is like just having a little journal that I'll pick something and say water, you know, and write
3: things that have to do with water, you know. Uh, you think of all the sound or the um, senses. So your
0: your smell, the sound, the feeling, uh, and you try to describe water with using all those senses. Uh, and it could be any type of water. It could be a swamp. You know, it smells musty. You know. Yeah. Or, sound is peaceful um, the trickling you know using word or verbiage that um, takes you to that place so you feel like you're in that moment so songs like Among the Pines from my latest EP I used a lot of that sensory to where Mm. if you've ever been in like a valley between mountains you see like the chimney smoke kind of just dwells there during especially in the cold months and you have the smell of like chimneys and just feels like winter. It feels, you get a sense of like Christmas even, or, and the smell of pines. And, and so I just try to describe the setting with using objects. that, uh, And you describe those objects in the best ways you can using all your senses. And so those type of things, I think, invoke creativity and uh, get your mind working. Even when you're not songwriting, if you're looking for ways to create just describing objects that that sets you up for the future. And so, um, there's a book called Pat Patton or by Pat Pattinson called writing better lyrics. And that's really where I got that idea from through the school that I attended. And so we were introduced to that idea. And, um, so yeah, the creativity, I think takes a little bit of work. Mm -hmm. Obviously there are people that are just mind-blowingly creative. And I think it's just also taking risk because the people who are the ones that thought of these ideas just took a risk. You know, the ones that really didn't care what others thought and uh, and did what they felt was good. So I know a lot of like, even like painters and artists, like a friend named Aaron Brown out of Redlands, who's just such a creative painter. And it's it's really caught on people are like, loving his art and it's so different
2: you know so cool. cool you've always been I mean since you were a kid just having that artistic and creative side did you what came first were you drawing first or or did music come first
0: oh yeah definitely drawing. drawing yeah yeah when I was younger really young I mean I wanted to be a cartoonist you know artist my mom was really cool about that too she let me actually spray paint my room uh, when I went through my graffiti stage, <laughs> <I> had, <laughs> these, these, she's uh, like, keep it on the inside. Yeah. She did, yeah. <laughs> she was like, you can paint your room, just don't do it out on the streets. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, Southern California kid.
3: Right.
0: And, uh, and then my friends were too. They were going out and finding walls and just yeah. really dumb. I, I kind of always had this like, I don't know, I had this like
3: conviction not to do that because I don't know, I just thought it was
0: lame. I didn't want to do that and to face yeah. somebody's hard earned yeah. work or, or right property. Space. Yeah, so I never did. And I was glad my mom let me paint my walls because then I was able to like actually see if I could do it. Right. So I had these characters and it was before the time of coronavirus because all my characters had uh, bandanas on their faces. <laughs> <laughs> that meant something
1: very different in Southern California. Yeah. yeah, in the absolutely. '90s, than it does <laughs> <Yeah>. today. <laughs>
0: I could definitely us white boys were listening to NWA. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we
3: were, <yeah. laughs> oh,
2: we were trying. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see. I remember meeting your mom, and I, I remember just being how being impressed of how um, encouraging she was with you guys, and like with what your interests and talents were. She was very supportive, and I've seen. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many times with, with kids and as a parent, it's hard to do this, but when I see a kid that has natural talent and their parents are able to identify it and then Mm -hmm. give them that lane to develop it, like we were talking about, it just makes such a difference. I could see with you, I mean, your mom letting you spray paint your, your room, you know, like there's not a lot of parents that did that.
0: Right. Yeah. She was definitely, definitely um, supportive. She would come to most of our concerts and our shows and, uh, you know, it was really a hard time because her and my stepdad at the time were very, you know, they butted heads and a lot of the parenting techniques mm. because she was so supportive. And, you know, my brother would always get in trouble. And so, and we had to go play shows on weekends and they would try to ground him, you know, <laughs> or at least my stepdad would try to enforce that. Right. My mom would be like,
3: just get back here before
0: five before he gets back. Pretty <laughs> <You know? laughs> back." Um,
3: so,
0: I love that. Yeah, so she was just, I don't know, she loved, she's always loved our music and stuff that we created together, and uh, still to this day, she's very supportive of my music, and and is always, you know, send me some more CDs so I can pass them <laughs> out, you know, so. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah, I remember her at your shows and recording. You probably have a ton of recordings.
0: Dude, I have so many, and they're, sadly, all my bands are like all on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> totally dates me but um yeah a lot of vhs and oh. i wish i don't know maybe i don't wish it so <laughs> <digital language. laughs> i think people get enough of the digital stuff from now i mean it's like it's easy to over promote or over share yeah um, yeah so i don't know i probably would have over
1: if you had uh, easy Facebook. access to it
2: yeah i yeah. would have for sure so are you working right now then on your next album
0: uh yes and no I've got some ideas. Um, uh, originally I wanted to do like an old like hymns rewrite album so like take like old spirituals and just kind of do all uh, rewrites in that way. Uh, but then a lot of the stuff I've been writing in the last few months with Anthony and just on my own is still you know I don't know it could be a whole another album yeah. the way it's heading. So it's hard to know where to go next, um, with which one I'm going to do, but, um, I always like to release my own stuff versus doing other songs that are written by others. But, yeah. So I don't know. I don't have it fully planned out yet.
2: Where's the, so, their studio at with Old Bear?
0: So Old Bear's in Batavia, New York. It's mm-hmm. just on the, the suburb of, uh, of Buffalo, New York. So it's about 30 minutes from Buffalo. And so but yeah, this, this quarantine thing is really putting a number on the studio, too, because they do record other artists and mm-hmm. uh, not seeing a lot of business coming in right now, which is really hurting um, the studio. I bet. So a lot of engineers are having to find other work. And so it's been pretty sad and difficult Yeah. Uh, on them. But
2: That's tough.
0: We're actually, um, now that I think about it, uh, we're going to do this thing. Uh, it's going it to be a voice memos album with all the artists, and we're each covering each other's song. So the, we just did this recently with a video, and we covered another Old Bear artist song. Uh,
2: I that saw that. Signed. That's cool. I was digging it. Yeah,
0: so I just did uh, Wolves and Sheep's Clothes uh, by an artist from Old Bear called, his name's Eric Lee Brumley. And so I'm going to do that one uh, to a voice memo on my phone. We're only recording to iPhones. And recording it, sending it in, then we'll master it, and get yeah. the quality up a little bit more. That's cool. Uh, Death Gap for Cutie actually just did this recently, too. They yeah. Oh, did, did they? Voice, Yeah, they did a voice memos album hmm. where it was only recorded to iPhones, so it's kind of like the new yeah. kind of thing, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So, uh, this artist from Robert Romer's his name, um, he's from Germany, and so he thought of the idea. He's like, dude, we should do this. And so, we're going to submit uh, a cover and then the original song that we're going to release. So I have a song called Th- uh, "Thief in the Night" that I'm going to add to that as well. Yeah, so be expecting uh, nice. a more lo-fi recording album from Old Bear Records in the next probably six months or so.
1: It's cool. It's so interesting to see how all the creatives are pivoting right now. Like, there's a ton of photographers that are doing FaceTime ses- photo sessions. Have you hmm. seen those? I
0: haven't seen that photography once,
1: no. Which, the first time I saw it, I was like, what are you even saying? You're doing a photo session over FaceTime? And they're just, like, instructing the person on how to set up their phone and then giving them, like, Uh super, I mean, they're low quality, but I think it's so interesting. I think it's going to be this, like, huge creative burst that's going to come after this. Because we've all had to, like, use, like, different parts of our creativity to make it happen during this time. absolutely super
0: interesting yeah yeah it really is and we're seeing a lot of really cool stuff coming out
1: yeah
0: i mean and and you're also seeing the guys that are very gifted in technology (laughs) blossoming right now
3: yeah you know
0: so i don't know i've been having to take on that role as well and i don't like getting technical i just want to say having to figure out what cameras work the best and at what resolution should i be doing it at what microphone works best it's like i have to do all that for my current job so
1: yeah um,
0: it's it's pretty difficult and i don't love it but i love to see the final product and go wow i actually did that yeah yeah it is cool
2: so figure out with the next album what, what those two directions would you have kind of a time frame like are you required by the label to put something out or how does that relationship work
3: no,
0: we uh, we uh we don't really have much requirements other than to have a presence to support each other yeah. and to um, you know try to just put out a live video here and there, uh, play shows, invite each other to along the road. Like we got some guys like Jonas Woods. He that's all he does is travel and play shows. So cool. as he's touring across from coast to coast, he'll invite us come play some shows with him when he hits our states. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. But as far as albums, that's really up to us. And um, so I my goal is to release a new album every two years. So I did twenty eighteen with Less Traveled Road, Among the Pines, twenty twenty. They're all they've all hit January. So twenty fourth of January, twenty
3: eighteen was Less Travel Road and the twenty sixth. So those that's are cool. always Fridays, because
0: that's when music releases is on Fridays, typically.
3: Mm.
0: And um, so, I don't know, I'm guessing it's probably going to be uh, 2022, and I'll probably hit the studio in 2021 and start yeah, you know, producing the album. And uh, so, we'll see what happens. But I'm definitely anxious and excited, too. Especially because this last one was an EP, it's only six songs.
2: Yeah. Outside of obviously COVID and what's going on now, what does touring usually look like for you?
0: Um I had some like little shows here and there. Well not little. There was a couple pretty good sized ones that were supposed to happen before my my tour this summer, so I had one in June and then I was hoping to go in April to do some fundraising. Had a bigger church um that I did really well at this last summer. But I have a tour lined up in August, which hasn't been postponed or canceled yet. So I'm just like (laughs) really, really praying and holding out that it will happen.
3: Yeah. Where where are you going with that?
0: So that one will be, um, so hopefully we'll do one in uh, Ogden, Utah. That's the only one I'm kind of holding off on. My grandparents are totally
1: from Ogden, Utah.
0: Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I've (laughs) never even been there. I just put out. I put out a uh, thing because i was like it was along the route that we're taking yeah and i was like that looks like a really cool area so cool yeah i put out a little message in their community board saying hey if anybody's looking for a to book a concert or do something yeah with my style and immediately got hit up by a bunch of people that were like dude we love what you do and so i had like three different opportunities so just kind of waiting to see which one develops the best but the rest of the concerts are booked and ready to go so nebraska iowa like three in minnesota fargo and then heading back towards the west coast to glacier national park area there's a um, some family friends that
4: want to book us at their church up there That's so awesome. i'm kind of excited to be up there and then coeur
3: and then uh, one in
0: spokane area as well
3: yeah That's So awesome
0: it'll be on the road about three weeks and probably I think it's like eight or nine concerts along the way so it's we try to do them no more than two to three weeks because we do have some so much to deal with with the kids and family life yeah. yeah
2: are you playing with other musicians or just you
3: acoustic
0: yeah there there'll be a few um in minnesota especially because i live there for so long i have a lot yeah. of connections and friends and actually uh the girl that sang on my last this album uh legend Azora. she's signed to Old Bear Records as well and I've known her since she was like 12
3: That's she cool.
0: sits in the youth group where I was leading <laughs> and she always have her little backpack guitar and <laughs> she's, you know just one of those kids that I knew was going to be something special yeah. uh, one day and sure enough she just took off and <laughs> I introduced her to the label and uh, they ended up signing her and she did her last or her first EP this last year and us. Uh, releasing her new album just coming up shortly here. That's so cool. but she's going to sing. Uh, she sang on my album, did harmonies for it and she's going to join me for probably three other concerts in Minnesota. And uh, and then some guys, uh, actually one of them I got the job out there in Minnesota. He's from Big Bear. Uh, my buddy Josh Poole and he used to play in one of the punk rock bands we always played with called Pain, And uh, so... He plays guitar with me. He you know, plays slide guitar and stuff nice. when I'm playing out there, uh, and then a few other guys that are jumping in that are just incredible musicians. So, but I'm really excited. We're playing a festival, and that's one I'm hoping doesn't
3: get canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, uh, you know, one of the big name
0: Christian artists, Chris Tomlin. So. Oh yeah. It should be like, I don't know, probably five. 6,000 people that are yeah. going to be there for just for that show alone.
1: Yeah. We're kind of in uncharted territory right now with all that. Yeah. So nobody it's, knows. It's hard to know. Yeah. yeah.
0: They, they've they kind of put out a few things and they're still on, you know, yeah. peop- encouraging people to buy their tickets. and, uh, But you know, the, there's something new here in Washington. It seems like and I know California too. It's like, it's like false assurance and you know you're like, you know, it's, to give it two weeks and we'll be back and we'll be opening stuff. They're just not.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. So. Well, if that Ogden show happens, we'll have to go out there. Yes. For, which we go to That'd Utah cool. a couple of times a year to yeah. see family. So.
1: If you need a drummer, yeah. I actually have two brothers that live in Utah that are professional really? drummers. Yeah.
0: Huh. <laughs> what's the, What's one of the drummers' names? Maybe it's the guy I've been talking to because he's a drummer.
1: They're in <laughs> Salt Lake. Will McCutcheon and Christian McCutcheon are their names.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's that guy's name. Yeah, Will has he—he kind of has red hair, and that's why. Oh, how like, funny! <laughs> he yeah.
1: What they both actually have dreadlocks currently. Oh wow! Both of my brother, my drummer awesome. brothers, yeah.
2: Yeah, Will Sweet. has like dreadlocks, like down at to his, his waist. But yeah, wow. oh my gosh, <laughs>
1: he's in a committed relationship yeah. with the drummer. <laughs> that's
3: rad. It yeah. is
2: cool guys, though. Great they musicians,
1: and, yeah. Both snowboarders yeah. and Christian actually still works at the snowboard resort during the winters awesome. when it's open.
2: Yeah. They would have fit right into that group in running yeah. springs back in the late nineties. Yeah, <laughs> they would have fit right so, in.
0: Yeah. I'll let you know for sure if that one ends up happening. Yeah. We'll come yeah.
2: out.
1: Yep. It so, would not take much good. for me to no. jump in the car and go.
2: Well, dude, thanks so much, man, for jumping on it. Obviously selfishly, I wanted to catch up and, and, <laughs> yeah. and hang out, but it's just... you're
1: letting the rest of us in on your personal yeah. conversation. Everybody else gets to be a part <laughs> of it.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. glad to be here so where people are interested in in your music where can they find it where the different outlets then go to
0: yeah so everything is available you know itunes uh, you can stream it and and spotify and uh, apple music Uh, it's pretty much everywhere digitally if you want a physical copy you can go to ryanclaremusic.com so i have cds available for both my albums Uh, got some merchandise there too some shirts and and hopefully some new hats and stuff coming up soon here. Um but yeah, you know, my my Instagram is Ryan Claire Music and my Facebook Ryan Claire Music as well. Um, those are great places to connect with me.
3: Yeah. And uh keep up to date with what's happening. So my website
0: is also current with like events and shows that I'm doing. And so those those are the best and greatest places
2: to keep up. Yeah. And hopefully once we're allowed to and shows are happening you can come down this way yeah when's the last was, time you were here
0: uh we went there last summer okay and that was when we were um, you know it's so hard when we go to california
2: because we have so many family and yeah. friends that are like all fighting
0: for our time i feel like i've lost friends over the years i know people get so there, offended
1: that's how it yeah, is when a, when yeah, i go to Utah.
0: Yeah. It's just uh, so it's really hard, like, to try to find the time to really connect with everybody. So we've allotted like amount of times for even family. We're like, we'll stay with you two days, you two days. and You <laughs> gotta get home.
2: <laughs>
3: when you got but, yeah, kids, it was a
0: great trip last summer. We we especially spent a lot of time like in Northern California, up in Mammoth, and yeah. uh, in the Bishop. That's where my my dad's side of the family is. It was just so beautiful. That's where I was kind of that's where I wrote Among the Pines was up in
3: Mammoth so people always say you know there's no pines in Washington (laughs) (laughs) there is but it's not like you know it's more fur
0: (laughs) I didn't write the song yeah
1: (laughs) like give me a break people
2: well it's not like you've never seen one before yeah exactly well dude thanks so much man all the best obviously we'll keep in touch and look forward to more music and um can't say thanks enough,
3: yeah, I
0: appreciate it, and it's so good catching up and just seeing you, yeah,
2: all right, man. We'll talk to you soon all
1: right
2: bye, bye, hey, are you still there? yeah, all right, we'll say a normal goodbye too so <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll edit it there but but yeah seriously, thanks you, I don't man
0: know how it would um how it would sound or work over here, but I could do a live song if you wanted to,
2: oh, yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: I could do um, I believe it's something more if you wanted to put that on there.
2: Yeah. That'd be fantastic.
0: So if you wanted to record that, we could. Mm-hmm. I'm still, if recording. Yeah, you're still sound, recording. If it doesn't sound good, we can, you know, yeah. Mix it out. Cool. Let's
1: see if I can reach with my
0: info and get this guitar. You're
1: still recording too. I love this song.
4: the smoke, we'll keep pressing in, until the time I hear the angels call, and the we'll old trumpet sound it makes sense at all, cause I'll see it, something. The heavier things weigh down your soul, it's hard to know. Choosing a love means a choosing to need faith that you feel that you can't always I still believe something Cause I believe I will see you again My faith is small, do keep pressing in Until the time my angels call Trump's sound makes sense alone I still believe something more. With this sorrow in the way, looking for answers to explain. Well, you had to go somewhere, but I'll hold on to what you say.
3: Cause I
4: believe I will see you again, faith is small, keep pressing in. And tell the sign my angels call, The old chump sound makes sense of Cause I still believe. Cause I still believe. Cause I still believe something.
3: Man, so that again. was
2: incredible. Thank you. I don't think we're ever gonna be able to top another <laughs> podcast episode in the way we did ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible, man.
1: That was so oh, good. Thanks, Thank you.
2: It. Yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing and letting us use that before and. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: Th- that's Very my nice. favorite. Love all your stuff, but when you when yeah. we were looking at one of your songs and went through your catalog, we both we played that one and we looked at each other and like, yep, that's it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that song, uh, there's just such a special meaning to it with, uh, you know, because we had lost a child uh, to miscarriage at 20 weeks. Uh, you know, my grandmother is really a person that played a huge part in my life that, um, you know, is where I, where I am today is because of her, you know, and she was somebody during that time when I just started songwriting to who I was sharing my songs with oh, as really? a kid. I and so she was the one really saying, you know, just so encouraging. And uh, even as a kid who was so, like, full of himself and prideful, like, she was somebody that was just so loving and just, uh, special. And so, and then a big part, uh, my brother, or my brother-in-law,
3: my wife's brother, she lost at 19, he was 19 years old. And so, yeah. um, that's another
0: part of somebody who played a role in this song. So, wow.
3: um,
0: so it's just such a special song to, to me and to my wife, too, so. I'm so blessed
2: and encouraged that you guys like it.
0: So we love it. You. Love it, man.
2: Awesome. All right, dude. Thanks so much again. We'll talk soon, yeah. but thanks for jumping Sounds on.
0: It's good. Yeah. Keep in touch. Look forward to the episode. All right, man. <laughs> yeah. Talk to you soon. See you guys.
2: Where's, oh, I was using the uh, <laughs> You're trying the to keyboard. use the
1: laptop keyboard for the iPad?
2: i just hope it recorded, him.
1: Huh? <laughs> Fingers crossed. Oh, we did it. First one done. What'd
3: so you good. think, man? That was great, yeah. yeah. I was so glad he that thought of doing it.